This year, I chose a word. Have you ever done that? I don't think I ever chose a word of the year before this year, before 2021. And that word is unapologetic. Unapologetic. What? Do you hate it? Just kidding. That is so me, though. I can be overly apologetic. Sorry. Beg your pardon. Is that a problem? Excuse me. If it's not any trouble, would it be okay if... You get it, right? I am not by nature one of those sorry, not sorry kind of gals. So unapologetic is my word for 2021. And today, we're going to talk about you. If you have been having any trouble with your resolutions or goals, where have you been hiding behind apologies or explanations and making yourself wrong when there is absolutely nothing for you to be sorry about? Today, let's get unapologetic. I mean, if that's okay with you. Hello, Veg Your Besties. You're listening to Veg Your Best, the plant-based podcast. My name is Michelle Olander. I'm a certified life coach, a practicing vegan. And if you're ready to press pause on meat, dairy, and eggs to see what that could mean in your life, I'm here to help. I work one-on-one with leading-edge women who are ready to up-level their fuel with a vegan, whole food, plant-based diet. Sophisticated, brilliant thought leaders because, you know, that is what vegan looks like these days. Episode 21, you've got nothing to be sorry about. So if you're listening when this episode comes out, it's the last week in January. And in a few weeks, this new year is probably not going to seem all that new. So in one last salute to the new year, let's talk about any resolutions that have, or more specifically, any that have not stuck. So for a very long time, I knew how to make goals. I liked making goals, but I didn't really know how to follow through on them. I would start with a lot of energy, feeling all in. And that energy, that commitment would just, well, it would gradually start to slip away after some point. And I would find myself apologizing for myself, for my hubris, taking on a challenge that was obviously too much, for having bitten off a bit more than I could chew, or maybe apologizing for being kind of lazy or not that serious, a dilettante. (laughs) Well, learning how to make resolutions that stick changed, well, everything. 
now my resolutions are likely to come up at any point in the year. That's my Gemini meets ADD personality. So some of you have more New Year's oriented resolutions that are right now starting to flounder. And there are ways to help those resolutions, those commitments, those goals. There are way, ways to help them last. We've talked about it a couple of times on the podcast coming into the new year, and I think it bears reinforcing one more time from a slightly different angle. I've mentioned here before that I never thought that I could go entirely plant-based. I never thought I could be vegan. That level of ongoing commitment, I don't know, I just didn't think that I was someone who could do that. I didn't see myself with that sort of capability. I was more of a, hmm, I know, sorry, I'm not really the most disciplined person. Well, if you've ever said that to yourself, that's not what's actually going on. And that's what we're going to talk about today. If you want to redefine your identity around food, around eating, if you have an important reason to take a pause from animal products and move towards a whole food, plant-based diet, I think you should listen carefully to today's episode. But no matter where your resolutions or goals are, the practice, the distinctions are the same. Because what we're going to discuss today is about any and all change, any goal. But really, it's essential if you want to change the habit of eating foods that you already know are not serving you. Foods that are not helping your energy, not helping your cholesterol or your blood sugar, your digestion, your arthritis, your blood pressure. I'll tell you this. People tend to make falling into the trap of eating too much highly processed, sugary, saturated meat, dairy, and eggs when you said you wouldn't. Well, we tend to make it mean all these terrible things about who we are. And I want you to know, it means nothing. It means nothing. It means nothing terrible about you, nothing at all, not one bit. And you have nothing to be sorry for in my book. I really want you to see if you can allow that. Because some of us have practiced thinking differently, thinking we have had something wrong with us for a long, long time, something that does need to be apologized for. So if you've practiced that, you may need to borrow my belief for a little while. No matter how much you eat, no matter what you eat, no matter what your level of commitment was, if you didn't follow through on your resolution, it means nothing. It means nothing at all about you. The act of eating meat, eggs, dairy, when you said you wouldn't, or eating more of it than you planned, or even eating so much of it that you regret how you feel physically right now, it's all meaningless. It means nothing about you. So what are you thinking? 
Some people have a very hard time at first when they hear this idea from me. What are you talking about, Michelle? You don't understand how many times I've failed at this. You don't know the way I've been sneaking foods. You don't get that my health really is on the line and that I've promised my family time and again that I would eat better and take better care of myself. You might be saying, you don't know my situation, Michelle, the way I always start and promise and then just bail on my plan to the point where no one even takes me seriously anymore, not even me. If your brain is thinking that, I know some of you out there are. You're thinking those same thoughts. I want you to know that I understand. I know your situation. I do. We all have an area or two or ten where we are completely on board with our goals, plans, and resolutions in theory, on paper, but the execution? Well, the execution is another matter because the execution is about the actions you take. And if those actions are fueled by feelings of incapable, weak, overwhelmed, undisciplined, lazy, unreliable, feelings like that, if those actions are fueled by those emotions, it's no wonder that the execution of your plan gets wobbly and uncomfortable. I want you to know that having a problem with keeping that resolution, it really means nothing about who you are. And if you feel like you have never been able to up-level your food or limit animal products, even though you and your doctor have discussed it maybe multiple times, there's nothing terrible about you. You're not a weak person. You're not. You're not. It's okay if you don't 100% believe me. As long as you 100% hear me when I say it, there's nothing wrong with you. Because when we're trying so hard to make a resolution stick, when we're trying so hard to follow through, maybe on a 30-day challenge like a veganuary, vegan January, maybe on something longer, maybe it's during those first few weeks leading up to a physical or a blood test, to check your cholesterol or blood sugar? If we don't stop the part where we beat ourselves up, where we berate ourselves, it's so much harder because we're constantly then believing things like, look, see, I didn't follow through on my resolution again. See, here's just more proof, more proof that something's wrong with me. Or I'm always sabotaging myself, or I have no discipline. But whether or not you 100% believe me right now that there's nothing wrong with you, no matter how you're struggling, know this. I 100% believe in you. So then why? Why are you struggling to make a resolution that sticks when it comes to eating whole foods, and avoiding meat, dairy, and eggs. If it's nothing to do with you, and it's nothing to do with your character or willpower, and by the way, it also has nothing really to do with the foods either. 
Yes, you have developed a taste for these foods. And yes, there are processed foods developed in laboratories, literally laboratories, where food scientists try to make food-like products that are hyperpalatable combinations of fat, sugar, and salt. But even that is not the main problem. The problem, the issue, is that your attention is in the wrong place. And that's the secret. It's true for changing your eating habits. It's true for any goal. You are putting so much attention on the saying no, on the stopping, so much focus on what you need to do to power your way through not doing the thing, so much that you forget to pay attention to why you keep saying yes. That really is it. Don't apologize for having trouble saying no. Just stop it. Instead, why do you keep saying yes to foods you have told yourself, told your family, told your doctor that you were going to limit? Shifting your attention, that is the great secret to sticking with your resolutions. It's not about being more disciplined. It's shifting where you focus. It's, it's bringing your attention back to what you do want. You can change where you're focusing as long as you're not spending all your time apologizing. The way to follow through on any goal is to be willing to uncover why it is that you failed. Why it is that right now you're not at that goal. And the reason is not because you have an addictive personality or you don't have any follow through or you're an all or nothing person. Those aren't the reasons. The reason that you didn't follow through is simple. It's because of a sentence in your mind. One sentence, a thought that you believed in the moment. Maybe that sentence, that thought sounded like, who cares? It's just once. Doesn't matter. It really won't make any difference. It's not that bad. I deserve it. One simple sentence is standing at any given time between you and your goal, you and your resolution. That's it. If you can Start noticing the sentences that precede the actions that do not support you, the actions that do not get you to your goal, then guess what? You can start to change those sentences. You can change those thoughts. One of the most powerful shifts in the Veg Your Best eight-week coaching package is working with me step-by-step to focus on what those thoughts, those sentences are that are not creating the results you want. I'll tell you, there were a lot of times, there were a lot of promises that I made to myself that I never did follow through on. And as a coach now, I work with all kinds of people on all kinds of goals, many of which seem pretty out of reach when people start. And I know 
the pain when humans make a commitment and then do not live up to the commitment. That's a pain that is so unpleasant that many of us just gradually stop making resolutions or even planning big goals, right? Who doesn't feel like crap when you feel discouraged, defeated, angry, defensive, blaming of others, self-loathing? When you're thinking that other people are following through on their resolutions or challenges, and you're making it mean something about yourself, feeling humiliated that now, look, everyone knows we failed again. So note to self, let's never make a public commitment again. If we make any goals, how about we keep them quiet next time? Let's do this shame thing in secret. Because the thrill of a new way of being, a new way of living well, we believe it for a few days, sometimes a few weeks, and then all that enthusiasm that you had on day one can sometimes start to fade. But what if you knew that that sickening feeling, that sickening feeling when you realize you've started giving up on yourself again was just part of the process. It is supposed to be that way. And when you bail on yourself, when you cave, when you do what you said you would not, when you ate what you said you would not, or drank when you said you would not, what if you refused to hide it or beat yourself up? What if you did not have anything to feel sorry about, to apologize for? What if you knew it was exactly right and you know exactly what to do? (laughs) You could stop, you could drop and grow. Stop, drop, and grow. You stop yourself the minute you get control of where you've started eating off plan or not following through on your resolution. You just stop the minute you notice. Then you drop that instinct to beat yourself up. You drop the name calling, the self-loathing or labeling. You stop, you drop, and you grow into a new vision of yourself. A new vision of yourself as a human doing a challenging new thing. You grow into a new vision of yourself with a new destiny and a new identity, an identity that still needs to learn and still needs to practice. Nothing wrong. If you're anything like me or most people, you know how to beat yourself up. And you may even think that's kind of a good thing. I mean, if you don't beat yourself up, punish yourself, criticize yourself, you'll never change, right? I don't know. My experience is that the people who beat themselves up the most stay stuck the longest. The people who self-loathe and believe that they are at fault, bit by bit, they tend to give up 
on their goals and their dreams. Remember, our thoughts create our emotions, and our emotions fuel our actions. Harsh, negative thoughts just don't create positive results in the long run. Yes, you probably did whip yourself into some short-term results here and there. We all did. So we can be excused for thinking that a little humiliation, some beatings, name-calling, and public shaming may have their place in learning new skills. But actually, you know better, right? Deep down, you know. When you're beating yourself up and you're being hard on yourself, brutal to yourself, calling yourself names, it's not going to create something good for you. Even when you say no to meat, dairy, and eggs, and you do choose whole grains, greens, veggies, fruits, and seeds, well, you're not going to be feeling awfully good about it. It's not going to feel enjoyable if mostly you're just trying to prove that you aren't lazy, that you're not undisciplined. That's not what we're trying to do here, is it? You're not moving towards a whole food, plant-based, or vegan diet to be miserable. The point is to fuel your body, your life, with the best possible nutrition. This is not a punishment. And if it's not enjoyable, it's not going to last. It just isn't. You don't really need to be hard on yourself. What you need is curiosity. And how do you bring curiosity to whatever comes up? to whatever happens, to wherever you find yourself. Well, maybe you're not curious because you're pretty sure there's something wrong with you. Or maybe you're not curious because you know there's probably something wrong with this whole food plant-based diet idea for you or wrong with your doctor for suggesting it. That's where your attention is going. What's wrong? To get curious, you need to be open. How do you go about bringing curiosity to a situation that might feel a little painful, a little shameful? How do you choose curious when you have an explanation like, I have an addictive personality and something's wrong with me. Something's wrong with my brain, Michelle. I'm an all or nothing person. That's just who I am. I don't like restrictions. If you're so sure that you know the explanation, well, your curiosity will be completely blocked. And if you're apologizing for the way you are, you won't be able to allow that curiosity to help you find your path, your next best action. So stop. Stop the minute you notice that you're eating off plan. Drop. Drop all the usual blame and excuses and grow. Grow your curiosity. Grow your self-concept. A resolution that you never have any problem with and never break is not stronger than one you find yourself breaking and then having to implement this stop, drop, and grow method. 
If you can really redefine and change how you show up with yourself when you don't honor your commitments exactly as you hoped, if you can start to redefine failure for yourself, you will become unstoppable. That's what I've watched unfold for me. I didn't know how to do any of this. Failure was a feeling that I really pretty definitely wanted to avoid and not just some of the time, all the time. (laughs) Let's just be perfect so that I can feel good. But of course, not only is perfect impossible, but if that's the only way to feel good, you're just setting yourself up to be pretty unhappy, sticking in a little place you're already pretty good at, staying in your lane. If you want more, if you want to grow, you've got to make a goal now and then or a resolution. You've got to make a commitment or take up a challenge. And then if you find that you don't follow through, you need to remember that's part of the transformation. That's part of the miracle of busting open your self-concept. You have to stop thinking something went wrong. You drop the condemnation and you grow curious. That's how you get stronger. That's how you move forward. And most people don't do this. They won't do this. I see them. They either double down on saying no. They think the solution is to just clench their jaws or get more disciplined. Or they give up and they throw in the towel. They blame the plan. Go into some sort of a shame spiral. And you know what? All of that's terrible. Because I watch what people do when they double down on saying no. And I've seen it, not just in myself, but in working with so many people. That doubling down, it never sounds kind. In fact, it's usually driven by so much self-judgment. I just screwed this up again. I've got to figure this out or else. Mmm, that sounds fun. I really want to eat that way. (laughs) I'm a practicing vegan. I eat whole food, plant-based. And yes, I think something approaching a vegan, whole food, plant-based diet really is the best way for most of us to eat. But the way you eat is never, in my opinion anyway, never a good reason to treat yourself badly, to beat yourself up. Don't beat yourself up, ever. This is, this is non-negotiable for me. This is what I tell all my clients all the time. And telling yourself, well, I'm just being hard on myself and acting as if it's a good thing, look at what you're saying to yourself. Look at how you talk to yourself. Most people find that they would never use that language with someone they care about, someone they respect, or someone they love. But when it comes to themselves, I'm just being hard on myself. I just have really high standards. Yeah, okay. It sounds virtuous, maybe. I just really have high standards. But usually it's just code for... I'm very good at beating myself up and doing so in a way that sounds virtuous. It sounds good. Listen, you have to learn how to break out of this habit first. I think this habit 
It's more important to break out of the habit of beating yourself up than it is to break out of the habit of eating the animal products you want to limit. And not because it's just nice to be kind to yourself, but because being unkind simply doesn't work. It just doesn't work. Maybe you will fall into line for a while, but eventually you'll need relief and you won't be able to keep it up. And that relief very often looks like a lot of chaotic behavior or eating or unhappiness or drinking or shopping. Being unkind to yourself in order to reach a goal, guess what happens? You're not going to feel very good when you get there because you've done it from this negative place and you still have all those negative thoughts with you when you get to the goal. And you're still probably going to tell yourself, you're still not measuring up, you did something wrong, it probably doesn't even count. You're going to find some loopholes to avoid really enjoying what you've accomplished. Real lasting change is never the result of beating yourself up because you will end up looking for relief. There's just no, there's only so much negative judgment and self-abuse that you can take before you start to crumble. So you have to learn how to get back on track. And the way I tell people to do this is pretend you are a scientist collecting data. Put that lab coat on. Stop when you catch yourself off plan as soon as you really notice and then drop the instinct to berate yourself and grow your curiosity Grow your investigative skills. Grow your awareness. Failure is just part of success. They are not opposites. We talked about that on an earlier podcast. You do not grow and learn and evolve without missteps, without fails. If you remove all those default responses that you've practiced all these years, like, I don't know, I'm weak, I'm lacking discipline, something's wrong with me, I just love food too much. If you take all of that away and you accept that actually you do know and nothing is wrong with you, you have a human brain that's functioning exactly the way it should when it's trying something challenging and new, then what's your hypothesis for why it happened? Maybe you don't have enough practice feeling uncomfortable around other people eating the way you used to. Maybe you don't like feeling bored. Maybe you believed a thought that justified breaking your commitment. Maybe you feel like you say no all the time in your life and you don't want to say no here, not this time. Asking good questions unapologetically is how you make resolutions that stick. Because good questions give you good answers. They give you data that you can actually work with. It's not just about committing to your goal. Making resolutions that stick is about committing to showing up even when you do something that you believe is out of alignment with what you want. And when you show up 
not from hate, not from self-judgment, but from true curiosity, that's when your resolutions start to stick. Because that's the only way to actually learn what's going on so that you can do something a little differently next time. If you want to change your identity around eating, how you show up with yourself, when you don't do what you said or what you were going to do, this piece is non-negotiable. In my eight-week coaching sessions, I help you press pause on meat, dairy, and eggs, not by being perfect, but by understanding how to make lasting changes. I help you to use the process of limiting or eliminating animal products to learn skills you can use in any challenge, in any endeavor. Are you ready to join me? Let's practice living unapologetically this year. If you're a leading-edge woman ready to up-level the way you fuel your brilliant life, email me at info at michelleolandercoaching.com. The first strategy session is always free, and the links are in the show notes. Veg Your Best podcast production, music, and editing by Charlie Weinshank. Thanks, Charlie. Before you go, it would mean so much to me and the Veg Your Best team if you would hit subscribe, leave us a five-star review, or share with someone you think might be interested. Something about algorithms, it helps bump us up a little in the rankings, and that's the best way to help others find the podcast and for us to find our audience. So until next week, make it easy and veg your best.